Hello, everybody. Before we start today's episode, I am going to tell you a little bit about the newest sponsor of the Simply Finance with Shane White podcast. It's called Routine. Um, we actually had one of the co-founders on the podcast, uh, Jake Rhodes, um, back early on one of my founder series episodes. And one of their products really caught my attention early on called Morning Routine. And uh, we decided to work together. So I'm excited to have them as part of the podcast. Um, we've been talking about them over the last couple months. And you know what? I want to remind all of you today just why I love their products so much and wanted to share it with you. Uh, so just so you know, when we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a, and a half of water, expelling vapors, sweat, etc. Morning routine comes in these single serve packets. I kind of think, uh, you know, any of those packets that you pour into a container of water or whatever drink you use. Um, each of those packets comes with half an organic lemon, one tablespoon ACV or uh, apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, and all six essential electrolyte electrolytes. Excuse me, but most importantly, no sugar. Yes, no sugar in their products at all. Uh, like I said, it comes in one tear apart pack. Uh, you mix that with about 20 ounces of water. Um, and, you know, obviously water is good for you anyway. So get you extra hydrated. And really the whole concept behind routine um, was Jake and his wife wanted products that you could trust, made convenient, uh, products that they felt comfortable giving to their kids. Um, and that is exactly why they came up with routine. Just to give you guys a little bit more of a background into routine. Um, you know, I love their product from the start. Um, and so did my wife. We actually, you know, had them early on and we're big fans of what routine um, was. But it's funny. It's one of those things. Um, and I talk about it on here a lot is consistency. The more we had routine in the morning, um, when we ran out, I remember the first time we ran out, we both were like, I feel different today. Like, I just don't feel as hydrated. It's very, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing. Um, but I would love for all of you to try it. One of the things I promise with my podcast, with my platform is that I'm never going to promote products that I don't love or use myself. So if you want to give morning routine or any of their other products a shot, you can go over to your routine dot com um, and at checkout use code Shane White 30. Again, that's Shane White 30 at checkout. You'll get 30% off your first order uh, and you can check it out, which is exciting. Um, I hope you guys do and I hope you guys love routine. All right, everybody. The episode is up right after the intro, which is right now. Hello, everybody. Before we start today's episode, just wanted to give a little intro to Chris. Chris Mead is the guest on today's episode. He is the co-founder of a new game, and I guess it's it's new-ish. It's been around for a couple of years now, uh, called CrossNet. So think of volleyball, but with two nets instead of one that are crisscrossed through the middle. Uh, fun podcast to do with Chris. As a lot of you know, I've done a lot of episodes with founders in the food space, and to do uh, do one with a founder in a space a little outside what I normally uh, interview was a lot of fun. Uh, they're growing a massive business. It's a great business model. They've been scrappy, but they've learned a lot along the way. 
And I think you guys are really going to love today's episode. So without further ado, give it up for Chris Mead. to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have Chris Mead on the podcast, CEO and founder of maybe a popular game you've seen called CrossNet. So without further ado, Chris, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Do you mind giving everyone just a little background into yourself and, and just what of CrossNet is? Let's do it. So yeah, I'm the, the co-founder of CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball game. Uh, essentially, it is. it sounds what it is. Uh, it's a four-way volleyball net. You got four players, one in each square. Uh, and it's a combination of four square, which is a childhood recess game, and volleyball. And we're just bringing it into the air. So game to play to 11, win by two. Um, the goal is just to not let the ball land in your square. Keep the ball alive at all costs. So it's simple. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Love it. Um, let's go back to, I guess, give a little background to you. So you, how long have you been focused on this? What did you do before CrossNet? Yeah, so we've been doing this since 2017. Uh, we had the idea. Uh, prior to that, I worked at Uber. I was a, like a sales manager over there. Nice. Uh, I actually helped launch Uber Eats in Boston and Rhode Island. Uh, oh, so it's a pr- pretty cool gig. Uh, definitely good, like startup culture, kind of learned like what I like, what I don't like as a manager and as an employee as well. Right. Sure. And oh, then yeah. uh, before that, I went to school for film uh, at a small liberal arts school called Quinnipiac. Got out of school, went into the film world, was making 10 bucks an hour okay. uh, with, with a uh, $100,000 school uh, student loan debt. Yeah, that doesn't so, add that, up, that does it? Doesn't, yeah. doesn't add up really quickly. <laughs> um, so kind of Eh, yeah, I kind of gave up on the, the film dream pretty quickly. Uh, sure. Either that or become homeless. Yeah. Uh, so, so I got into <laughs> got into sales. and uh, Two solid options. Yeah, I still have the, the passion for film. And maybe one day we'll get back. I mean, with some of that cross that money, become a producer or something. But yeah, uh, yeah. so we kind of stepped also up. like the whole YouTube world now. You exactly. Know, you know, you could start, a, you should start a, uh, like a vlog or something about CrossNet, building CrossNet. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'd love to watch that. Exactly. Yeah, so there, there's always an opportunity for that. So got into sales, um, was pretty content, was making good money, right? I was paying my bills, but also kind of had that feeling of, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Am I going to wake up, make cold calls, annoy people, yeah. take a good paycheck home, but like it's working 10 hours a day, not really that happy, just sending cold emails all day long, right? So, yeah. Oh, because um, that's pretty much what it was back then. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. Get in touch with decision makers and then try to convert them, whether it yeah. was for to buy software or buy Uber Eats. So that was that. And then one night we had the idea for CrossNet, uh, just kind of brainstorming all night and four-way volleyball popped into the head. And we just had assumed it was already out there, right? Like we yeah. figured Dix was already selling it. And we just never saw it. Sure. That wasn't, yeah. that, was, that wasn't the case. Nobody had ever done it crazy right like such a like ridiculous you know it's funny how sometimes the best ideas aren't like rocket science you know yeah what I mean? yeah so we, we had the idea we're like how is this not a thing and then we went to walmart the next day we're, we're like small farm town kids the walmart's like half an hour away okay got, <laughs> we got we drove there hoping that there'd be volleyball nets there weren't there were bad net nets so we cut out the center oh um, yeah okay rigged them together uh we invited all our friends over and we said yo be there at one o'clock where we got a prototype come over and, and come play in the backyard so 
Oh, no way. That's literally how you guys started. You just cut two badminton nets together. And yeah. How did you like actually cut? Did you just like cut a hole in one of them? And yeah, just cut a hole in. in one and slide the other one in. Just as, as easy that as it sounds, funny. right? Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously it was pretty rinky, but it, it yeah. worked. It, it was stable enough. And uh, yeah, we just we just started making up rules in our head, kind of like, oh, we're like, oh, four square. We haven't played in about 20 years, but like, sure. this, <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I was going to say before you said that, I didn't even I that didn't register when I, you know, looking at the brand and, and seeing people play it. I didn't even think about four square. But now I'm like, duh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that makes exactly. So then um, made up some rules. Uh, we're big basketball players. So it was game okay. to 11, win by two, kind of like traditional. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we kept the ball alive. It was mad fun played for three hours and we're like oh why wouldn't every other kid in america play this like we just had a great time so about six months or so later i quit my full-time job and uh went all in on crossfit and that was after we moved from connecticut to miami love it i mean that's a pretty good switch from a where you live perspective too exactly (laughs) did you move to miami to because that was a better hub for that Product. Yeah, I was, I was actually, so they moved from Connecticut, excuse me, my, my co-founders. I was living in Brooklyn, uh, okay. commuting into the city for work, uh, for Uber. And, uh, yeah, we, we were just, it was starting to become the fall. Things were starting to get cold, uh, trying to launch a four-way volleyball product in September is not the easiest in new England or New York city. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> um, rent, rent, uh, rent was starting to stack up and we were like, yo, we could all go live in a, a, two bedroom apartment in Miami and hit the beach every single day and, and play crossnet and play crossnet. And that's exactly how it started. Whoa. Oh, that's cool, man. So in 2017, yeah. you guys just, I guess I'll back up even before I say that, do you, um, do you mind giving everyone? So, so really a big part of what we like to ask people on the podcast is kind of the, this whole concept of going from zero to one, which I'm sure you've heard of yep. um, for you guys like what was it's a little bit different in regards to like a food product for example right like that there's there's a little bit of r&d and there's production and some weird stuff for you guys like for did you see early on that this could quickly become a full-time thing or like how did you go from you know working at uber and trying to do this on the side to what was like the leap point where you're like all right this is this is what i'm gonna do full-time yeah i think the biggest thing for us was we knew there was massive potential um, just to put things in perspective, right? 2017 was like the R and D year, 2018. We had like the official launch in January. Okay. Um, 2018, we did about $87,000 in sales. So at that point, go back to your full-time job, right? You're not making enough between three founders. Yeah. Um, and last year we did well over 10 million. Wow. So a nice, a nice jump. Congratulations. That's an enormous thing. jump. Yeah, not bad. So uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, the biggest biggest things, the indicators for us, right, were one was the game fun. We brought it to South Beach every day and there'd be 50 people in line. Uh, so that was proof of something, right? Yeah. Oh, people yeah. enjoyed it. Um, and then secondly, it was steady growth every month. And, and back then, growth meant going from 100 site visitors to 150 mm-hmm. or 150 to 300. But if our conversion stayed the same and we had more site visitors then we're making more cash and then if we saw that we could increase our conversion even by 0.02 percent right that that may end up being an extra 100 bucks a week or so so we just kept seeing steady steady like how you think about i don't know if you're into this crypto stuff but we saw oh yeah little little small small increases in those penny stocks yeah and you're like all right we have some traction here so um that's kind of how we felt and it eventually got to the point where we're like, I don't know, six, eight months into it. And we're like, 
we need to focus our full-time job. Like we need to just go in all in it. I had saved up three months of rent and living, which was like no, six grand to my name. Yeah. And uh, I said, Hey, I got a college degree. I got, I got Uber on the resume. I could go get a real job in no, three months, six months. Yeah. Uh, worst comes to worst. Um, otherwise I'm going to wake up and somebody's going to steal this idea and I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So that's when we kind of decided to go, go all in was like uh, eight, eight months or so into the project. So at eight months, I mean, when you, when you kind of are like thinking in your head, like what is, you know, going through this like mental battle, um, was it like you realized if you just put more time in, you could, you know, 10 X your growth, or was it just like you guys were working around the clock and, and like, you just could not spend more time on it with your current day jobs. Yeah. It was a little bit of both. Um, Cause we were waking up at, no, I was waking up at least at like six o'clock in the morning, getting to work at eight. But in between then I was working, I, was, I remember there was a, a bathroom that was like all the way down at the end of the hallway at Uber. And I'd okay. walk all the way down there and I'd like lock myself in there and do cold calls for like 30 minutes for CrossNet. Oh, that's a good story. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was like, yo, I, I can't be doing this anymore. So it kind of got to the point where the time wasn't there because there's just so my inbox for CrossNet was overflowing my Uber inbox. Oh, um, yeah. And then it kind of sucked when you're responding to people at nine or 10 o'clock at night when you get home from your job and then they're responding to you the next day at noon and then you're not responding for 10. So there's just this big delay. Yeah. I just felt like I was working from like with somebody in China when they're really just here domestically. That's a so, good point. So yeah. It's it probably the best customer experience early, like early on. Those are like a oh, tribe we always say, right? It's of like, course. Those are like your biggest, you know, vouchers for the brand. Exactly. So yeah, it got to the point where time wasn't there. We saw positive progress and we're like, why not us? Um, okay. So that's kind of when we all just kind of dove in. That is so cool. So, and then you guys, so then you, you figure out it's your time. You're like, I'm going to do this. Um, what was, you know, give everyone a little bit of background and like what the first few months of, of moving to Miami and, you know, this becoming the thing you wake up every day and work on what it was like. Yeah, it was fun. I, I think I'll, as a founder, a lot of the times there's so much stuff you want to do and it's like trying to figure out one, like what's just busy work and what's actually moving the needle. Yeah. Uh, I, I could, I have a bunch of Excel sheets still just shit that I just wasted time with like building CSV files for no reason. Like I'm looking back like, what were you thinking? But some <laughs> of those things worked. Um, but the biggest takeaway that we had, right. Was we went to the get beach, we got exposure and then me and you would meet at the beach, right? Like you'd be a random person on vacation I'd get you to come play. Uh, at the end of the day, you'd have a blast and you'd say, Hey, Chris, can I buy it? I said, sure. Uh, take, take home the game for a hundred bucks or whatever, 50 bucks off retail. Uh, that way you don't have to break it down and bring it back home. And somebody oh. else gets it. Somebody yeah. gets a net, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then so what at happened, first, did you have this like apartment just like filled with cross? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, eventually what happened, right? So you would buy that and then a week would go by, we'd hear nothing. And then, uh, we would just start seeing sales from Chicago and knowing that there's only one net out in Chicago. I know that you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. So then then you're playing, you're, you're playing and you're doing the same thing that we just did in South beach and you're getting 40 and 50 people because people are having that same, like, what the hell is that moment? So we had a hundred out that happened with a hundred. We rebought, we bought 250 that then happened with 250 and now we're up to 100,000 nets out in the world. So every summer when that happens, you have that, what the hell is that kind of moment? And sure. That's where, yeah, so it's snowballed. It's no different than um, 
I feel like that happens with uh, we call it cornhole, but there's like <laughs> cornhole or like what's the slant? What's the one where you slam it on the trampoline? Yeah, spike ball. Spike ball. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just it like, like that. Whoa. Yeah. Exactly. And but like I mean, spike ball is still kind of early enough where cornhole you, you're not like oh what is that magical what is that board? Yeah. what is that magical board you're like oh it's cornhole but for cross that it's like what is that for we volleyball that we've never seen it before right google buy take action got it yeah, yeah that makes sense do you uh could you give everyone a little bit of a background too so i mean obviously you talked about the very first net you drove to walmart 30 minutes away bought two badminton nets and kind of cut them and you know Jimmy rigged them together. Yeah. yeah. How, what was what was that process of zero to one looking like from that trip to Walmart to like the first box you sold? Like, how did you guys figure out where to make it, how to make it? How did that whole process work? Yeah. So we actually we used to sell like bootleg basketball jerseys off on eBay from China. Like we'd fulfill okay. like fake, fake, fake basketball jerseys, right? So we knew how to like talk to Chinese suppliers. And we just typed in Alibaba. Um, we typed in volleyball and we found a bunch of suppliers. Fortunately for us, one of our founders is an engineer. So uh-huh. he had, he had the blueprint and we messaged a few of the suppliers and we said, Hey, you make volleyball nets. Um, can you make this? Yeah. And a lot of them were like, yeah, I can, of course, minimum $250,000 purchase order. And we're like, yeah, we got four grand to our name. So <laughs> uh, we, we found one that was willing to work with us. Uh, we made an order for like 50 units or so. And uh, yeah, that, that was, we, we got the net shipped over to us in about 90 days. We had like a few wow. back and forth, like prototypes until it was like ready to go. Uh, but that whole like production time to get our first real order took probably around six to nine months. If memory serves me correctly with wow. about three prototypes in between. Okay. So, I mean, it took some serious time. Yeah. yeah there's it, some yeah. art. I mean, sometimes you'd get it and it would, it'd be wobbly on one side or the stakes wouldn't go in properly or, I mean, there's still stuff that we're constantly trying to do to improve it. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely some, some time to, to kind of perfect it or make it at least sellable. What, do you remember that moment when the, what was it? You say 90 nets showed up from it, China yeah. in the first batch. Do you remember that yeah. moment? Oh yeah. It was sick. And we had a, we had a little warehouse in Connecticut where we're from. And okay. so, yeah, that was, that was a really cool day. Um, just looking at it, like we did the thing so stupid back then. Like we didn't have retail packaging at all. Um, we, so what we did it show ha- up in? It showed up in this like ugly brown box. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we didn't have any Sharpie packaging. Sharpie on it, cross net. <laughs> we didn't have any instructions. There's just like. Oh, really? It yeah, was we just, like, we just, here you yeah, go. it was very bootlegged. Um, so yeah, that was the first batch and then we got feedback from there. But yeah, we sold the hundred, probably took us. I don't know, four months, five months to sell through a hundred. Okay. And then uh, we got back ordered because we oh, didn't man- yeah. manage our cash correctly, oh, no. and we didn't yeah. and we didn't order. <laughs> well, we didn't we didn't have supply chain, right? There's no yeah. such thing as a supply chain. And it was yeah, yeah it was order a hundred um, and buy two hundred more when a hundred are out. But realistically, you need to plan your orders while you're selling your current orders. Uh, that's right. how the, that works. So. Um, yeah, we, we ended up buying the next 200 or 250 or whatever it was. And then we just kept doubling up. So um, just kept doubling the orders. And now we're ordering like 40, 50,000 at a time sometimes. Wow. Are you still with that same supplier that gave you that shot? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, we, we've had to expand because her capacity is not what we need uh, from a supplier. Yeah. So we still have her just kind of out of principle, right? Um, yeah. She's, she's been very fair to us. So we try to reciprocate, uh, but we have had to expand to other factories just due to pure volume. 
That is pretty cool. Have you ever actually been there or met her or seen the production of it? I have not, but our other founder, Mike, who's kind of in charge of all the logistics and stuff, he's been out there a few times. That's pretty cool. That's just, that's yeah. just cool to think that like you guys are on Alibaba typing in volleyball, yeah. and now that's like a, a part of your business today. That's pretty yep. cool. Um, it sounds so. Uh, the one thing that kind of light bulb in my head, it sounds like, is um, maybe by plan or just by pure, you know, luck and the way you guys decided to do it. It sounds like you you really like bootstrapped this business and like took what you guys had in life savings and just put it in. Has that kind of been the strategy of like taking what you have, buying what you can, selling it and using that to like double up and just like grow that way? Because have you guys have always done it? Yeah, that's how we've always done it. And I, I can't say we'll always do it like that, but it's how things have been historically. Uh, we are an eight figure plus company. We own 100% of the business between the three founders. Oh, that's um, awesome. Good for you guys. We have no debt. And uh, yeah, it's been cool. It's just kind of having that. I, I really think the the small farm town mentality, as silly as it is, but it's like, oh, yeah. It, it's, it's like use money how you would really use money if you're trying to get your little business off the ground like every dollar counts if you're spending money on stupid marketing or videos and stuff like that you're going to bankrupt your company way too soon and we've kind of had that frugal mentality the entire time like we've been using freelancers i don't we don't staff employees unless we absolutely need them for 40 hours a week oh okay yeah yeah i think the biggest thing is like companies like early stage startups will staff 15 20 employees and they're sitting around waiting for instructions and it's like why are we paying them if we don't have work for them to do sure Um, so we only hire when we absolutely absolutely need to otherwise we'll just tap contractors um yeah so it's just been self-funded the entire way every dollar we've made we've invested it back thankfully now we kind of pay ourselves a a good salary and we pay our employees a good salary but uh getting to this point was really tough Oh yeah. I mean, it sounds like it, but it's not, I mean, to be honest, it's been pretty quick, like to go yeah. from putting a few grand in your name behind something to being an eight figure business. I mean, you know, hats off to you guys. It's awesome to hear yeah. and see. Right. Um, are you guys um, like, where are you now? I guess it's probably a better question is like, where can people find you today? Like distribution wise? Yeah. So distribution wise, uh, direct to consumer on our website, crossnetgame.com. It's always the best place to buy, always the best margin for the small business. There you go. Um, yep. But then we are also in 2000 plus retail stores. So we're nationwide with Dick's, Dillard's, Academy Sports, Shields. Um, yeah, those are the big four. And then we just rolled out to 1000 Walmart stores as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, as of yesterday, actually. So oh, congratulations, uh, that's huge. Yeah, so that's been going well. And then we've also expanded into Canada where we have a distribution center up there. Nice. Uh, so we're about to be on Canada Tire and also uh, Nationwide with Toys R Us up there. Apparently Toys R Us is still a thing up in Canada. I was going to say, wait, that doesn't so, that just go away here. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. so they have they have uh, 88 locations up there. So that's a pretty that's good awesome. chunk of change. Yeah. yeah. And uh, That's probably ex- a great consumer for this, yeah. right? I mean, that's huge. Exactly. And then we've also just expanded to Australia and Europe as well so the biggest thing is like we're growing the sport it's a great product um Mm -hmm. but the whole goal of crossnet as founders is like our mission is to grow the sport in 20 years and 50 years i want crossnet to be in a park it's not this isn't a this isn't a fad this isn't something that's gonna go away in two years like we both know that basketball is going to be there till the day we die like why can't crossnet be there God. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That's really yeah. cool. So and yeah. are you, do you guys now, like at least from what I've seen, 
it's been very recreational and to your point like at a park kind of the same thing but is there any sort of uh and obviously it's early on but is there any sort of like competitive cross net playing that goes on yeah of course so we have right now we have 16 professional volleyball players that are olympians and avp professionals that are on cross net staff uh oh, so they're 16 yeah they're eight oh, men yeah. eight yeah eight men eight women some of the best players in the world um so they're cross net athletes i did not know this yeah so they go out they grow the brand they create content for us uh and more exciting is we're gonna have cross net tournaments uh this summer we just hired a full-time events director so we'll have competitive tournaments two on two on two on our doubles net okay where where we'll have teams show up there'll be cash prizes like maybe a hundred bucks to enter winner wins fifteen thousand dollars cash and we'll have it televised on like espn or any Wait, of these gonna, you guys have espn lined have up the, yeah espn this summer um, which oh, is gonna be amazing wow. so yeah there's, there's a lot of incredible potential for the sport and for the brand um, yeah it's just the beginning man I'm, I'm pumped so making it a global sport uh, is, is really what we're pumped for. I love that. That is so cool. I mean, it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking while you're talking about this, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, even the last time I played regular volleyball and all of the like difficulties and faults that I can see get solved with cross net, just like the way of playing and like mm-hmm. coverage and everything. I just feel like it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's that exciting. Is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And what's even cooler to an extent is we're in over 10,000 schools right now. So kids are learning how to play cross net volleyball from a young age and if we actually build up these leagues and tournaments like we actually dream of doing the kids will go through the school system go from yeah. middle school to high school to play at intramurals in college which we're currently in and then hell if you're good enough you'll go to the pro leagues really oh so you guys i mean this is very well thought out obviously yeah. but you yeah. so i mean because it's funny i i could see like the the younger demographic in age group today being uh, like regular volleyball might seem boring, mm-hmm. right? After, after getting into cross net, you're like, wait, exactly. regular volleyball. What are you talking yeah. about? Where's the other net? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the goal, man. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, it's fun. It's cool to see it develop. I mean, it feels like every week something new happens, but yeah, we got a, a good, we've got tons of work to do obviously, but the TV placement will be huge and building out the tournaments post hopefully post COVID. Right. Um, yeah where we can sure. do it a little bit more PC. Friendly. Luckily though, it's outside. So right. Yeah, most... you're, you're, you're sharing the same ball, all uh, that stuff. So yeah, a lot of, got it. Lives on of, the ball. Forgot. A lot, oh, yeah. a, lot, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of hoops. We got to jump through. With these yeah, things. for sure. For sure. <laughs> no, that's tough, but I, hopefully it gets back to normal, you know, sooner yeah. than later. And that's not an issue. Um, so this, this is a, the one thing that pops in my mind too, is I mean, you guys have been growing really fast and to hear that, like you're in this many locations, you have professional athletes that are already a part of the brand. You are going to be on ESPN. Like there's lots unraveling. Is, do you ever just kind of like stop and think about like, damn, this thing is moving. It's like a, probably like a snowball down a hill at this point. Yeah. Because it, it's not that long ago. You were no, just driving it's, it's Walmart. Cra- yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good feeling. Um, it's nice to be in a cash flow positive state. Not really. I mean, we obviously always worried about money as an owner, but, um, Nice to know we used to have a doomsday board, right? We had a board that we, <laughs> I had 6,000 bucks. And every time I'd buy McDonald's, I'd have to deduct how much money I had until I went back to zero and had to go get a real job. So it's like, it's pretty cool to see it come full circle where we could spend money on marketing and create billboards and things are, we, we see, we know money's going to be coming in from the store. So it's a much better position than we were three yeah. years ago. 
Uh, oh god wait so the doomsday board so you you wrote out how much money you had in your account and then every, it was basically like a list of just every time you spent a penny we went on this yeah board. All, all three founders had that and then um if it got back to zero we'd have to go back to our full-time job wow that's really cool that's a i mean that's a good idea too just to like i actually read that in a book recently called the compound effect and it talks about doing that like if you want to change something like the first thing you need to do is just track something if you track it it's the only way yep. you're going to improve it right exactly that's really cool man um so what is what's like next what's like next for distribution i mean you, it sounds like you got in some walmarts is it like to go into retail i mean are you got you guys are on amazon i'm assuming right yeah, yeah we're on amazon i mean it's tough to keep expanding to retail because of payment terms people don't really understand that i mean you probably definitely do yeah but when you're not getting paid for 120 days from some locations and you're putting out almost millions of dollars of product yeah it's tough to keep the ship afloat especially as a privately funded company yeah sorry no you're fine you're good. My it's, it's, going you crazy. know with covid i always tell people <laughs> it's so funny everyone gets worried i'm like you know almost every podcast i listen to unless you're at some studio in person it's there it, it, there's life going on around all of us. exactly you're all good um so yeah so life right now our, our main focus is right our retail expansion uh we got the 1000 walmart stores the goal is to blow that through the blow it out of the water um, there's a potential for 4,000 stores there. Yeah. Um, so we, we prove a thousand, we scale up. Uh, at least that's what my expectations would be, right? If I was yeah. the buyer. So sure. uh, let's hope that goes well. And then uh, the tournaments this summer. And then the biggest thing is just growing out the sport globally. Um, we have so many people reaching out to us on a daily basis. Like, yo, I'm in New Zealand. Yo, I'm in Kuwait. How do I get across net? And it's like, you can't really get across net unless you're willing to pay two hundred dollars in shipping, and you're kind of out of your mind if you're willing to do that. Yeah. So yeah, we well, need to. Some sit. people may though. Yeah, <laughs> and they have, and they have, which is awesome. But um, we're we're setting up local distribution ports uh, in a lot of countries right now. That way, we have a easier way to ship product to customers who want it. Yeah. And then we'll be building out like direct to consumer models there, where we'll, we'll run the Facebook ads in Australia. And the whole goal is within the next six months to be able to advertise 365 days a year to sunshine. So if it's wow. cold and snowing in Wyoming, I'm not spending any money there. I'm going to yeah. move over to Australia. Yeah, that's so smart. And what's interesting for you guys, I mean, that's that's cool to think. I just thought of two things. One thing, you know, I, I come from the world of food. So exporting has always been a challenge for us. We do it, but there's a chance, you know, things get too hot. Uh, yeah. they melt they go bad right like even if we make a protein bar today like it's gonna take a couple months to get over to those parts of the world so it's tough exactly. for you guys you have a product that doesn't like doesn't go bad right so it's yeah like i mean shit happens that it, it's, it's surprising we've had situations and uh they may be out in the world still for all i know that we've had volleyballs not inflate we've spent thousands on volleyballs and really? the, cust the customer goes and they put the pump in and either it punctures the bladder too quick or the ball just sucks and there's a hole in it somewhere and the ball just won't keep air. Huh. So, oh, cause you guys add the ball with the cross net set. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the bag breaks and there's too much weight in the bag and the bag tears after the first use or somebody spikes the ball hundred miles per hour into the net and the net rips. So <laughs> there's, there's sure. always, there's always little things as an owner, regardless if you're food or volleyball. Um, it makes it makes it tricky great point yeah, yeah yeah and i was gonna say that that's very true right it doesn't matter what line of work you're in there's always problems but yep. that's cool i mean it sounds like you guys figure you guys have the mentality of just okay we'll, we'll figure yeah. it out right yeah, exactly. we'll figure it out 
Yep. Um, the other thing I was going to say, what I think makes you guys different that I hadn't really thought about before we talked today is um, I can't think of another sport where the company or the manufacturer of the product is also the one trying to grow the sport, right? Yeah. Like I think of like CrossFit, right? No, the, the people who make all the the weights, they're not the ones that started CrossFit. I mean, Spalding didn't start basketball, exactly. right? So that's pretty cool. And that's pretty unique, I would think. I'm trying to think. I can't think of another another line of, of sports that even fits into that category. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. And which makes it very compelling, right? Like part of us, like I'm, we're 28, right? 28 and 27, like we're young. Um, so I think eventually CrossNet becomes a very interesting opportunity to invest there or acquire um, at some point, right? Because you're buying yeah. a sport. You can't, you can't buy basketball. No. Even if you buy the NBA, you're not buying basketball. So um, yeah, it's really interesting. And we know we got tons of work to do, but if we're, we're right on, we're on the right track so far. Uh, it, it's really cool. And, and we'll see knockoffs come into market. We've already seen some knockoffs come in and it's just like proving brand, growing the sport and uh, just kind of doing it that way. Yeah. How, how is that? What kind of challenges is that posed? I mean, I, that was one thing I was thinking was like, I'm sure you've had people try to come in and copy you guys yeah. without getting into like the specifics of the product. Just like yeah. how, how important has brand really been for you guys? It's huge, dude. It sucks. Cause you see, and I'm sure you have the same thing with RX, right? People try to copy yeah. the formula or make something like we it. had, we had a brand in like Australia that was literally, they just took our website and copy pasted the whole thing and changed the name of it. <laughs> it looked the same. It was yeah. like, so it happens to everybody. Yeah. It sucks. And it's like, it's frustrating. One, it's, it's humbling uh, because we've had some brands like Franklin, Franklin, legit Franklin, like the company that we grew up, like buying stuff, yeah. the, uh, copy cross net. And no way. Yeah. So yes. at some point their HQ, they had the conversation and we're like, Hey, we should copy these guys. Exactly. That's what I was wondering if someone in volleyball yeah. had. Oh yeah. So they have. Um, and the best thing is we've, we've continued to come out on top and we'll continue in my impression. The thing that makes CrossNet great is the people that work for it and the brand that we've built yeah. Uh, the product's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but we're the one growing the sport of four-way volleyball. We invented it in our heads, not Franklin, yeah. and we're going to keep driving it. And at the end of the day, my goal as a, like an owner is if I find out that you bought the Franklin model, I want you to be embarrassed. I want you to be mortified that you're getting caught out in public with the Franklin one, right? Love or if it. a kid, or if some kid asks their mom for CrossNet for Christmas and she buys the $40 version, I want him to get pissed off at her and be like, mom, this is the wrong product. Like this isn't Love, what I want. Okay. Wanted. Got so, it. That's the so goal. Brand over everything kind of. Brand over everything, quality over everything as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, those copycat RX bars, right? They may just be as, just as delicious, but it's the brand that you're paying for at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So. Again, your point, quality. It's always mm-hmm. like goes back. I think most people can say that it's, you know, with anything you buy. That, it's interesting. It's becoming more and more popular, I think, yeah. as time goes on, right? People are more worried about brand and more worried about quality behind brands. Exactly. Um, that's wild. Yeah, yeah I, that's, I was, that's, <laughs> Frank, that's interesting because like Franklin, yeah, that's like the one volleyball type brand I can think of that is in that, that space. That's crazy. Have you ever talked to anyone over there or anything? Um, no, I, I haven't. Some, some kid from uh, LinkedIn actually messaged, wrote on my comment being like, I forget exactly what he said. I was like, oh, it's funny that you're commenting. Like Franklin just ripped off her entire company. Oh, but, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, we're head of, head above water. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. 
So, I mean, the other thing I, you know, you guys are growing quick and you've already grown extremely fast and your background being, um, you know, film and then working at Uber. Uh, I would imagine one of the things has got to have been tough is just like, I mean, you haven't done some of these things before just getting in the weeds and figuring it out as an owner of a company. What has some of that been like? Like, is there any like major challenge? Her, I'm, we've talked about a few already, but yeah. is there one that stands out to you that was like a pivotal moment for you guys? You know, you didn't know what you didn't really know how to handle it, and you guys kind of like put your heads down, figured it out, and now looking back, it's like, oh yeah. wow, we figured that shit out. Like, that's cool. <laughs> uh, here's, the, I guess, the first example comes. So, yes, the answer is yes to almost everything we're doing. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing; they're just figuring it out. Yeah. Um, so the first store we ever got in Shields. Uh, we were shipping them the product and the, and the product was not, did not have a nice brown box around it. We just shipped them retail direct to the store. So okay. by the time it got to the store, the shit was so banged up and I'm looking at it in display and the, bo- the box is just beaten to shit, like with a hammer pretty much. And I'm like, okay. Oh, cause they like even- shipped it in the outer box that you Yeah, see. exactly. And I'm like, duh, like we got to protect the cargo, right? <laughs> so uh, we had it rather than us paying domestically. And this is a good lesson for anyone getting into product. Like rather than us shipping the product to the States and then us packaging it up, uh, if you have the ability, we had China actually brown box every single one of them. That way, when the product gets here, it's in the cross net box. It's already sealed with a brown box around it. We slap a label on it and it's out the door. So it's a lot, it's a lot less time for our team here. And we're also getting much better prices on the boxes because we're buying them internationally than domestically. Oh, interesting. Isn't that crazy? Is it, I think yeah. I still think it's so crazy. The, the longer I've worked like on a finance lens learning, you can get something that far away for that much cheaper. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a wild process. Yeah. And, and you want, as an owner, you want to be a USA made business, right? Like that's yeah. the gold standard and the dream, but as somebody who's self-funding something from the ground up, I mean, they're going to buy a box for $5 here or 40 cents over there and wait three weeks. I'm going to take the 40 cent option every single day. Yeah. I mean, three weeks, that's not fast, but it's also that those economics make sense pretty quick. Have you, yes, have you guys tried to look in the U S and just, it's yeah. so expensive. I mean, dude, if we made it in the U S we'd probably have to retail the product for like seven hundred dollars wow yeah it's, it's it's that dramatic yeah how does how do those conversations go do, do like a lot of those suppliers kind of know that like is that kind of like an uphill battle for them yeah i mean it, it's more like hey we are writing this rfp with the understanding of your price is probably going to be astronomic and the conversation is going to be a no but we are also like the number two or number one sport good game in the country like if you want to give it a crack we're open to hearing yeah sure Uh, yeah and most of the time it's just no 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 knock to them it's just not a possibility yeah right are you guys you're the number two sporting product in the u.s what's number one uh spike ball is it really okay okay yeah spike ball spike ball crushes um they've been out for what 12 13 years now so uh oh i didn't realize it's been that long yeah it's it's been a long time yeah so we're, we're right up there um moving pretty quickly yeah i believe we're number two if not we're easily in the top three. So yeah, things are going, yeah. things are going well. How, um, how is, I, I kind of hit on Amazon, but you know, I come from the e-commerce world. So I'm always interested. Is your product, is it, is it do, does it do well on Amazon yeah, and on e-commerce? Feels like that'd be a perfect product. Again, it's, you know, can sit on a shelf for a very long time and, and exactly. it, it seems economical the way you can pack it and ship it. Yeah, it does. Well, it does very well on Amazon. Um, 
one of the main reasons is we charge shipping on our website and okay. on Amazon it's free shipping, of course. Cause you have so, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. um, a little bit of money out of our pocket that way. Um, uh, but my, my belief is you gotta be where the customers are Yeah, us hiding from Amazon and not being an Amazon product. It's just going to do a disservice. Cause I mean, think of my girlfriend, my girlfriend only shops on Amazon. Like curse, you want something, boom, it's in the car and it's shipped within four seconds. That's so, my wife too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I know she would never take the time to buy it. She might buy it at Dick's, right? When she's in there once a year. But um, yeah. so, yeah, you got to be where the customers are, sadly. Um, and Amazon's a big motivation because of the free shipping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting with Amazon is uh, especially the search volume, right? It's I think now they're they, they I don't know where I just saw this. I saw this somewhere online. 85 to 90% of all product searches start on Amazon now and not mm-hmm. on Google, which is insane. That's wild. Yeah. So, I mean, number one, it's just where everyone starts looking. And uh, number two, I, you know, it's, it's interesting talking to a lot of brands. Um, you know, you can be really profitable on Amazon if you do some of the right things. I think some people fall in that trap. But yeah, for you guys, I can only imagine it just helps getting eyes on the product um, in such a big way, right? Yeah, especially when there are knockoffs out in the world now right so if yeah. we're not on there and a knockoff is that's losing that's gonna lose it 100 percent, yeah because if you're everywhere else but not on amazon it's enormous gap i can imagine exactly um how has how has covid been for crossnet has it been was it kind of detrimental just because it, it's a game where people are together and so no or- on on the actual opposite sales increased by like over 400 percent I, so, okay, it makes sense after what you just said, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. because I mean, think about it, dude, like there's nothing and I still have the same mindset. There's nothing better than getting out of your house for an yes. hour or 30 minutes. Like, well, and Crossing, I guess could be perfect for a family, right? If, yeah, you, have, exactly. if you have a couple of kids, you're like, shit, I need to get everyone out of this house. Exactly. Like Crossing in the backyard. Yep, exactly. So that, that's mm-hmm. kind of what has happened. And oh, that's really that, cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In short, yes. People want to get outside. People have a backyard and they need something to do and they're going crazy inside. And it's probably one of the few things, even if you want to meet up with some buddies and put a mask on and go be outside at a park. You know what I mean? Like if, if yeah, everyone's yeah, we paranoid were, and like we were on the t- we were on the Today Show uh, in the summer last year, and it was like the number one product for outdoors. And the kids had gloves on, they had masks on, but they were playing CrossNet. It, was, it looked like they I were didn't in a know lab. that. Congrats! Yeah. You guys have gotten a lot of good publicity. Yeah, it looked like they're in a lab, but they were they were playing. It looked, it looked yeah. good. <laughs> there you go. You guys need to get some branded uh, masks and gloves right. and stuff, just so everyone can rock the full cross net. Yep. Get up. That is too funny, man. Um, what has it been like scaling a team? I mean, it sounds like you're trying to keep everything as lean as humanly possible, but that's probably something new you hadn't done before crossing either. Is just hiring, managing. Yeah, I did a, a little. Yeah, I did a little bit of managing, like one on ones and stuff at the Uber, um, and at my other job before that, but not to the extent that I'm doing now. Yeah. Uh, we have hired. We have 14 people on our team now, so it is it is staff. We have a team of like five marketers now. Okay, I think of marketing people like. Marketing people are salespeople in 2021. Like those are the people that are making the sales for us. We have one like head of sales who helps with the relationships, but yeah, it's, it's been fun to not only make sure everyone's motivated and on the same mission, but it's also been really rewarding to be the boss or at least try to be the boss that I've always wanted my boss to be like, that's a great way to think about it. Right. Like my people are, probably one girl's probably doing yoga right now, but like, I don't give a shit because as long as they're getting their work done, let them go be happy. Yeah. Um, 
I, and that, that really goes a long way for our employees. Like, at least I like to think that people are hopefully at the best job they've ever been at and they're having fun. Uh, they're dealing with this COVID stuff, but they're still waking up and having a great time coming to work. Um, we're a completely remote company. We have like meetups whenever we just flew the whole team out to Tulum a few weeks ago and we had like a, a, a great time. So like, yeah, it's been really fun to be a manager and also like, it's, it's been a challenge dealing with like pay raises and stuff like that. Cause at the end of the day, it comes out of your pocket as a founder. So right. that's been something, a learning lesson, but you got to make people happy and you got to also learn when to say yes and when to say no, which is really tough. Yeah. Oh, I bet. That's, that's a ton of stuff. I mean, right there, just in that response, I mean, um, you know, 14 is lean, but it's interesting. It sounds you're one of the companies, I mean, hearing that kind of cements it. It's going to be interesting as we come out of COVID, just like what type of companies go down that route and which ones are like, all right, get your vaccine. Like, let's get back in the office. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. especially for our age group, I'm 29. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to just start gravitating towards industries and towards companies who, I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, you know, I used to have to get on a train, go down to the, go into the city. Yep. Um, and it's amazing how much time you lose, like oh, just product. Awful. It's horrible. Yeah. And then you're stuck with all these, you're, you're stuck crowded with a ton of people. I don't know. There's just something to me about, uh, I think more work's getting done. We're moving faster. Lots of good things are happening. So I, um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, when I was working at Uber, I commuted an hour each way on the subway and it sucked. It was oh, awful. Yeah. 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 It's really, yeah, that's a jam packed one. I've done that Brooklyn to downtown yeah. New York. Yep. Before. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. That's really cool. Do you think, um, do you think you guys will continue to add people at all? Is there anything that you, I mean, is there, are there things now that you guys are starting to like have like bust points where you, you're like, shit, we probably need to hire somebody soon. Yeah. Well, we just had that for the events person. Uh, so we finally hired an events person two weeks ago, three weeks ago. He's doing okay. great so far. Um, we're pretty good right now where I do see us growing is once we like fully have, let's just say we have half a million dollars of product in Australia, half a million in Europe we're going to have to start hiring local teams there to grow the company. So just kind of have the same, have marketers in Australia that are growing with native Australians and yeah. just kind of building out those teams in other countries. That's going to be cool and very interesting to manage. But uh, yeah, I see us having like little hubs of marketers in these countries pop and cross it off. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're going to want to speak to the voice of that country and be able to connect with, people from that region exactly. that's been something for us i know just like as we've like sold rx bars it's crazy just like not everyone looks at food the same way even or like mm -hmm. thinks about what's healthy the same way globally it's like you know i think in the u.s sometimes we think that's how it is but you quickly go over somewhere and try to sell something and they're like what the hell is this or exactly. like what's all this stuff on the front um i could see that being the case for anything that's that's cr that's crazy it will be wild like trying to manage like around the clock right you'll have people but to your point if everyone's remote and everyone you know works the way like this if, if it's, it's if, if if the goal is moving the rocks a step yep. forward every week instead of just being in a location for the sake of being a location i feel like that could definitely pay off for a company like you guys yeah exactly um as we get towards the end i have a couple questions that i love to ask every founder on here number one it can be i always lead with book but it could be book podcast just source of knowledge um, if you had to recommend one book to the audience, what would it be? Uh, Double Your Profits by Bob Pfeiffer. 
Love it. I haven't heard that one yet. It's a good one. Yeah, it's all about like trimming your fat, cutting the shit that you like. You don't even realize you're spending money. Like after I read that book, I found I found I was paying three hundred dollars a month to Dropbox, and I don't even use Dropbox. So oh, like <laughs> all the users you had on it. Yeah, just stupid shit that you don't even realize you're spending money on at scale. Like like you're. Your, your bank account list keeps getting longer and longer, all the expenses that you have. And there's there's stuff that, that just sneaks in there that yeah. if I didn't read this book, I wouldn't have been like caught on. Awesome. That's a good one. Okay. Well, I'll add that one to the show notes. The The next one I love to ask is um, obviously as a, as a founder, as a owner of a, of a company like yours, there's got to be a million different moving pieces. What do you use to plan goals, to look at your weeks and days and like just get shit done? Is it like pen and paper? Is it apps? Like what is your way of like just getting things done? <laughs> um, yeah, my Google calendar, which is definitely Bible. Uh, I use notes, just Apple notes. Um, whenever I have an idea, I put it in the notepad. I delete it when it's done or I email myself, sadly. Okay. Um, but but our, our team, the ones that are responsible for like really like – it's more like, oh, Chris just had this idea in the shower and I'll just throw it to people. Okay. Um, we use Notion, which is a, a really good tool. Got it. Notion. Love it. Yep. Okay. I'll add that. Um, the last question, but the most important question is where, how can people follow along with you? How can they get involved with the brand and how can they find CrossNet? So the best place would be crossnetgame.com and on Instagram or any socials at crossnetgame. And if you're interested in connecting with me, just uh, honestly, LinkedIn is probably a place I spend way too much time on. But okay. yeah, Chris Mead on LinkedIn. Awesome. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time, man. This was a lot of fun and I'm pumped to see what you guys do next. I am definitely going to become a fan. I can tell. Oh yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much awesome. for having me on. Absolutely, buddy. Have a good one. You too. Peace. See ya.